Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations. Hi, I'm Joe, and you're listening to Euronet Plus Panorama. This week, we focus on the Commission's publication of its draft Net Zero Industry Act, a direct response to Washington's Inflation Reduction Act. The IRA, which was signed into law in the US in August, directs $500 billion of federal spending towards a package of government priorities, one of which is reducing carbon emissions by boosting the nation's manufacturing of clean energy solutions. In an interview with Bulgarian National Radio, Niklas Poitier, an analyst at Brussels-based think tank Bruegel, outlines why the IRA is potentially problematic for the EU. There's a number of parts of the American Inflation Reduction Act that have conditions that discriminate against European companies. In particular, when it comes to electric vehicles, there's a 7,500 US dollar consumer subsidy, which is restricted to EVs that have batteries and battery components, as well as critical raw materials that are manufactured in countries with which the US has a free trade agreement. The EU does not have a free trade agreement with the US, meaning that European manufacturers' cars would be excluded from these subsidies. Indeed, the IRA has spawned a number of tensions between Brussels and Washington, with the latter accused of a form of trade protectionism. Since the IRA encourages US-based construction and supply chains, there are fears in Europe for an exodus of European companies across the Atlantic, drawn by these massive subsidies. Lyubomir Stanislavov, CEO of the automotive cluster Bulgaria, offers one such cautionary tale to our Bulgarian colleagues. Last week, Volkswagen's project to create a battery plant in Eastern Europe was frozen for the time being, precisely because of the huge stimulus package that the United States is offering. The question is, what can be done to keep companies in Europe? For French socialist MEP Pierre Laroutourou, who is speaking to RTBF, the answer is clear. If it takes $4 to make a kilo of green hydrogen, Biden's government puts $3 on the table. While Europe says, send us your file and you'll have the answer in a year, but the aid will be limited. So the European Parliament is asking for equivalent aid to be put in place, and we are saying how to finance it. We need to create a resource, and the best solution is a small tax on speculation that would bring in up to 57 billion euros a year. And if we have 57 billion euros each year, we can stop relocations. When the US waves a huge carrot of 370 billion in subsidies, Europe must do the same. In response to the IRA and pressure from Europe's green industries, the Commission has drafted a Net Zero Industry Act to scale up the bloc's manufacturing of clean technologies. The draft text, which was the subject of protracted debate, was presented by the College of Commissioners yesterday, the 16th of March, alongside a paper on critical raw materials that seeks to ensure secure and sustainable access to these materials in the EU. Net Zero aims to strengthen the bloc's clean technology ecosystem by providing a simplified regulatory environment, faster authorization procedures and administrative support for industrial zero-emission technology projects primarily relating to eight different net-zero technologies. The majority of these technologies are listed in a statement made by German Chancellor Olaf Scholz to the Bundestag on Thursday morning, which is shared by our colleagues at AMS. 
Schultz underlines the urgent need for this initiative if we want the EU to retain a competitive edge in green technologies, and he urges German members to support this transformation. The rapid ramp-up of all industrial sectors that are crucial for climate neutrality and green transformation must succeed. Hydrogen, wind energy and photovoltaics, batteries, heat pumps and geothermal energy, e-mobility and carbon capture and storage. For this, too, we have to cooperate in Europe, network our companies and promote strategically important future technologies. Also, in response to the American Climate Protection and Social Package, the Inflation Reduction Act. Inflation Reduction Act. The German Chancellor also welcomes the Commission's proposal to cut red tape for these sectors. But will the Net Zero Industry Act achieve its goal and help European industry ride the wave of the green transition? Or is it simply a knee-jerk protectionist response to America's IRA? Watch this space. With buildings accounting for 36% of the bloc's greenhouse gas emissions, on Tuesday, the 14th of March, MEPs voted in favour of the proposal for revising the Energy Performance of Buildings Directive. The draft text includes an obligation for all new builds to be emissions-free from 2028, sets energy performance targets for existing buildings to hit between 2027 and 2033, and offers support for vulnerable households. A number of derogations are also envisaged. The hope, as Latvia's radio reports, is that the new directive will lead to reduced energy bills and limit Europe's dependence on energy imports. In Italy, the directive is causing a certain furore, as the minimum standards it sets are likely to leave some 8 million properties in breach. Radio 24 in Milan asks Giorgio Spaziani Testa, president of Confedilizia, the Italian Association of Homeowners, for his views. He is outspoken in his criticism of the directive. For us, the derogations and exceptions are irrelevant as we dispute the Act's very approach, in other words, the imposition of obligations. We think a different course could and should be taken. I believe member states should be given freedom in achieving these goals, perhaps with some guidance from the EU, but without some firm obligations which, in a country like Italy in particular, would have devastating effects. In short, the alternative approach would be to incentivize and not to impose. Yet Patrizia Toia, an Italian MEP from the S&D group, is clearly of a different mind. She urges everyone to take a deep breath and count to ten. I pushed through an amendment which became law that says in 2027, before the rules came into force, the European Commission must check what is happening in the various countries and whether other instruments need to be added. These deadlines are not final, since the Act was just voted on in Parliament. And in the ensuing trilogue negotiations, the Council tends to reduce our ambitions anyway. So the 2030 and the 2033 deadlines may be pushed back and new rules might also appear in the last phase of negotiations. So please, let's stop alarming people and talking about devastation. That's simply not the case. The EU's plan for residential buildings to achieve energy efficiency Class D by 2033 would not only represent a major challenge in Italy. In Estonia, too, some 14,000 of the country's 26,000 apartment buildings would need to be renovated in just 10 years, reports Cuckoo Radio. 
requiring an outlay of around 1.4 billion euros and a five-fold increase in the production of building materials. Perhaps the slated deadlines are not entirely realistic, says Urmas Mardi, a member of the board at the Estonian Union of Cooperative Housing Associations. But if the directive succeeds in casting a spotlight on the amount of investment needed in Europe's residential buildings, it is already a positive thing. If there are objective reasons, we don't have the builders, we don't have the finance, then surely these deadlines can be shifted. I don't think it's right to scare people by suggesting that if you can't get your house done up by a certain date, you're going to get a big fine. That's not the European Union's big idea. In my view, this is a sensible, positive initiative. According to BNR, just 7% of Bulgaria's occupied residential buildings comply with modern energy efficiency standards, with 9 out of 10 unrenovated buildings falling in the three lowest categories of energy performance. This obviously has a huge knock-on effect on heating costs. Since Bulgaria's buildings are so energy inefficient, the prospect of receiving European funding for efficiency improvements has been enthusiastically welcomed in this corner of Europe. Or so says Svetomira Kulevska from the Bulgarian Agency for Sustainable Energy Development. People are certainly interested in the opportunities offered by the plan for financing energy efficiency and renewable energy measures. Of course, people are waiting for the individual procedures to open up and are excited about whether they will be able to use these opportunities since they are quite significant and aimed at both households and businesses. Romanian MEP Gheorghe Falca has also thrown his weight behind this new directive, which he considers a big step in the right direction, just as long as nobody gets left behind. His comments are shared by Radio Romania. I believe this will lead us towards good energy efficiency. We just need to be honest, to say that solidarity is needed, to show solidarity with vulnerable people today, with people in rural areas. Because convincing these people to invest in their buildings requires European support. This is why energy efficiency must go hand in hand with solidarity. That's all for this week. Do come back next week for more news from around the Euronet Plus network.